Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends related, Shining Time Station, the Railway Series, everything to do with Sodor and its inhabitants. My name's Orion. And my name is Tony. And today we're going to be uh, recording another uh, Shining Time Station commentary. Um, we haven't uh, done one for a little, a little while here, um, but, uh, but this one is a special event. It's uh, for American holiday, American Independence Day, the 4th of July. And um, <clears throat> hopefully you're listening to this on that, on that particular day, 4th of July, or um, any other time that you wish to uh, you know, relive those patriotic memories. Yes. But this is uh, the episode from Shining Time Station uh, from Season 3, Mr. Conductor's 4th of July. So uh, whenever you are ready, you can go ahead and get that episode pulled up and press play now. All right. So it's interesting because, of course, Shining the Time Station is the vehicle with which Thomas was brought to America, as we've discussed in previous previous episodes. And uh, so it is nice to see them doing a patriotic holiday and in a <laughs> of course uh, the thomas episode i i believe is escape we'll find out yeah, shortly but it, it's interesting because there really was no great thomas episode to put in here <laughs> because thomas being a british show even if it is dubbed in for american audiences uh, there is nothing quite like the fourth of july i mean i guess there is bonfire night uh, but that's not really even an independence day type thing no, absolutely. And this is, you know, of course, this is, uh, you know, pre even season four, because you could see maybe for um, like something like Thomas and the special letter may have been a good fit right. for this, you know, a, a kind of a celebratory episode. Um, sure. Uh, that may have fit better for this, but uh, but they were kind of just going through um, going through all the episodes at this point. So they thought put into this one i think to match the thomas episode with the uh, with the plot of the shining time segments um but another appearance here of uh of skinny yes yeah. which is nice uh one of uh one of the more fun side characters here and and again great matching outfits for both brian o'connor and jonathan shapiro i love those outfits as well those are those are great i actually used that uh there was a Facebook page that I ran. I don't really keep up with it anymore, but there was a Facebook page I ran for the character of Schemer for a while. And uh, I, I used that actually for uh, 4th of July one year. But like I said, I barely ever go on that page anymore. <laughs> I really should catch up with that. <laughs> so uh, now this bit... Uh, this is sort of a recurring theme in that the voices uh, that are heard during Mayor Flopdinger's phone call are actually uh, Stacy and Harry's conversation from Promises, Promises, but sped up. Huh. And it's interesting. I wonder why they use that, uh, that particular, uh, you know, segment of audio over and over and over again why from that particular episode interesting that's a good question because they seem to do that a lot in seasons two and beyond because in season one they used a bit of uh that the the cat's book uh the um for phone conversations that was sped up 
But it seems like in seasons two and beyond, they used conversations from Promises, Promises, or one of the other episodes. I forget which one offhand. But yes. Yeah, nice change to Stacy's outfit here, too. I like that jacket. It is. Everyone's looking very festive in this episode. Except Mayor Floptinger. <laughs> Interestingly, <laughs> he's not really patriotic in any way at all. Um, which you would think. Kind of just in his normal attire. Which you would think that being the mayor, that he would want to be patriotic. But, you know, I mean, it's. I guess not. <laughs> But I think the station looks nice, you know, with all of the red, white, and blue uh, attire that they've added to it. Yeah, the, the all the bunting and and everything. And again, I mean, as we've talked about before, Shining Time Station really is just a a warm slice of apple pie, a nice piece of Americana. Um, it is, you know, every episode, and uh, you know, it's charming. It was, and 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 that's what I was getting at earlier when I said. Uh, at the beginning of the episode rather when i said that it's it's good to see them doing a uh fourth of july episode because shining time being such an american show uh, and you know this was at a time where a lot of kids shows to my memory didn't really do holidays like this you know i mean um i'm sure that there are some out there but i can't think of any offhand uh but I, either way, I just I, I really enjoy all of the holiday episodes of Shining Time in general. There's just something special about them. Oh, absolutely. So, and plus we get an opportunity for some great patriotic music. Oh yes, uh, from the Jukebox Puppet Band. Always a, a nice thing about all of the holiday episodes is that we get the um, you know the holiday themed music. Right. Um, they haven't started singing it yet, but the. The first of their songs, because they actually, this is one of the occurrences where they do have two songs. Uh, normally they just have one, but occasionally in season three they do have two. And the first of their songs is called New River Train. Yeah, only one, uh, uh, on, only one Thomas episode, but <laughs> two jukebox songs. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm which, just... I mean, which was a common, I mean, a common occurrence, not necessarily the two jukebox songs, but a common occurrence in season three, just the one Thomas episode, very common. Oh, yes. Um, for that season, and especially for the ones that were released to VHS. Right. Not that this one was, but. No, but it was season three of the show. The show had already been pretty well established, and for a PBS show, it did fairly well uh, at the time. And so I think this was at the point where the writers were more confident that the uh, that the characters and the settings were strong enough to where they could probably last with only one Thomas episode. Plus, I mean, you know, you only have so many episodes to choose from as well. So, uh, right. And this is interesting too, in that uh, you know, something we don't touch upon very much is that, you know, the, uh, Mr. Conductor saying that he just went to visit the Statue of Liberty. And there's other episodes, I believe, where he mentions, you know, visiting other places other yeah. than Sodor, um, which is quite interesting that he just kind of goes everywhere. Um, and uh, just odd, I suppose. Um, and of course, if we go by the, the, uh, the, the uh, wonderful plot developments of Thomas and the Magic Railroad, <laughs> uh, it's, you know, technically he shouldn't be able to go anywhere without the Magic Railroad and uh, can only go in between Sodor, you know, but 
is oh, it's magic interesting rift. that he can go to New York to go to the Statue of Liberty. See, I, I have to the, the the two things I'm thinking are one, uh, different Mr. Conductor because it was Alec Baldwin uh, that said that. Two, is Magic Railroad technically canon in Shining Time Station? Well, it's certainly more canon to Shining Time Station than it is to uh, Thomas. I would say. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, then again, that brings the third question of is there really any canon to Shining Time Station outside of the general laws of the series? I mean, there are a few episodes that are interconnected, but other than that... Then it, bring us, then it brings us to the fourth question. Uh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, interesting development that we sort of skipped over is that even though he didn't get a good look at him, he really only saw him through the camera lens and it was while he was disappearing. Uh, this is the one and only episode where Schemey witnesses Mr. Conductor. Right. So. Well, and this is also interesting too, um, of course, uh, as we'll find out later, um, you know, this is one of, I believe, three times that Mr. Conductor runs out of gold dust. Yes. Um, uh, this and, uh, and one of the family specials, not one of the family, but one of the family specials. Right. Um, and, uh, and then also, of course, in Thomas and the Magic Railroad, as we were previously discussing. Yes. But an interesting, an interesting idea. And I wonder if from this, you know, from, from this particular episode, that was a, an idea that, um, that Brett Alcroft had um, in the back of her mind for uh, a Shining Time Station movie, a possible idea. Of course, I mean, as we know, there were many iterations of what the Shining Time Station movie, the Thomas movie, Thomas and the Rainbow, Rail, Rainbow Railway, Thomas and the Magic Railroad, all of those developments, of course. Right. But, uh, but I do wonder if this was the episode that that you know, presented that idea to her to use the idea of Mr. Conductor running out of gold dust I, as a I potential plot point. I wouldn't be surprised uh, because, you know, the, the fact that it does show up three times, uh, you know, both here and, as you said, in one of the specials and then in Magic Railroad, it must have been on Brit's mind because, well, it shows up a lot. Right, true. And I mean, and really, I mean, when does it really mention, I mean, I suppose, is this the first time that it's brought up that he uses specifically gold dust? It's not just like, you know, I mean, it's not really mentioned in the first season or uh, first... I can't remember any episode where it's really mentioned specifically that he uses gold dust. The first... It's just that he blows a whistle and he man manages to disappear. The first season doesn't mention it, but it becomes a thing in the second season because... Uh, one of my personal favorite episodes, which I really hope to do a commentary on at some point, uh, Double Trouble, uh, does one of, one of, in fact, the entire plot of the episode is moved forward because the kids uh, steal a little bit of Mr. Conductor's magic dust. They, they don't refer to it as dullness, but they refer to it as magic sparkle dust at the time. Uh, but that really brings up the whole plot in that they steal some of Mr. Conductor's uh, magic sparkle dust and uh, shower it on a portrait that they that Dan colored of him, uh, but it brings the portrait to life. Oh right, yes, I remember that um, now. Um, but uh, 
But yes, quite interesting. Uh, it's good that they changed the name of the uh, Magic Sparkle Dust <laughs> to Gold Dust. Yes. I can't imagine Thomas and the Magic Railroad with Alec Baldwin saying Magic Sparkle Dust uh, about a hundred times. Um, <laughs> Although he says sparkle often enough. He does. He certainly does. Sometimes uh, three times in succession. Oh, yes. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> I wonder if you say sparkle, 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 does that... Uh, uh, you know, does that uh, does that bring him to life like in Beetlejuice? I think you'd have to I mean, do it that... in a mirror. It's sort of like a Bloody Mary type thing where you have to do it in a mirror. Right. <laughs> so. I always like the dressing room for the Jukebox Puppet Band. It's, you know, we see it often enough, but more often than not, we just see the main room. Uh, you know, the performance area, but it's always nice to do a little behind the scenes look, which we do a lot in season three. Not so much the first two seasons, but season three seems to expand the inside of the jukebox quite a bit. Yeah, this is an interesting little segment here too with, with Grace the Bass and, um, and these other characters. Yes. It's, it's a very unique one. So, of the of the jukebox characters, who's your favorite? Tito. Tito. Okay. Yeah, Tito. Tito, without a doubt, uh, definitely my favorite. Uh, um, and a lot of that, I think, is down to performance too. Especially, uh, you know, not knocking any of the other performers, no. of course, but just something just about about Jonathan Freeman's performances um, specifically as Tito, um, just great. And just, it's just a fun character. And, uh, um, and I, again, partially probably so much of my, of my, uh, my favorite elements of Shining Temptation have to do with the one episode that I watched a lot as a child, which was Becky makes a wish. And in that particular episode, which we will definitely do a commentary on in the future, um, Tito sings Salita Lindo. Ah, yeah. Um, and that, in that particular episode and and you know he's he was really the one that always stood out to me as a kid oh yeah that, that makes sense i i do like tito it's in, in in any iteration of the series it's hard for me to pick a favorite character but if i had to pick a favorite member of the jukebox puppet band it'd probably be him as well so is there normally a lamp above the uh above the desk there typically um most episodes it varies uh sometimes there are it depends on if an episode happens at night because as as we see out the window it is getting quite dark out and so a lot of the time when an episode happens at night there's a lamp on the desk just in case uh in case stacy or someone else were to need to go outside uh, for any reason but there's also occasions where either more often than not, Billy needs to fit a lamp. And so uh, there are a few episodes in, in which Billy brings in a lamp and sets it down on the desk and it becomes a major plot point. But that's a different episode entirely. So, Right. Just the lamp above, uh, the light above, she pulled a string. But I never remember seeing a light above the desk. So I didn't know if that was just there for that particular it might episode. Be. Or... It might be. Uh, I'm not sure. And of course, now we are in uh, the only Thomas episode yes. for this uh, Shining Temp Station episode, Escape. Um, mm. And we'll, we'll uh, dive more into this in our commentary 
uh, later. Yeah, when we start but, season uh, three. Yeah, but the definitely uh, um, a great episode, of course. Oh yes, definitely. So, but but again, not really a super fitting episode for for this. Uh, no, uh, for this for this one um i mean even i mean if we if if they had to choose what they had at the time you know season one two and three right something like um even uh edward trevor and the really useful party i was just about to say that so we better or all at sea with the regatta I right mean, oh, now of course that was used in becky makes a wish and that worked too sure um for that episode that actually fit quite well but um but that you know that that would have certainly worked for for that um can't really think of any others specifically for uh, for this season uh, that would fit for for this. But right, I, I do think that the best fit is probably uh, Edward Trevor and the Really Useful Party uh, because you know it has party in the title, and so uh, a lot of the time, uh, you know, Fourth of July in, in probably not this year, or if it is, or. or if, anyone out there listening is having a party for 4th of July. I don't know. Uh, but you know, a lot of, a lot of the time 4th of July people have parties and, you know, barbecues and such as that. Right. But. It's interesting actually, because um, before we started doing this podcast and don't ask me why I remember this, but there was a time in which you and I were having a discussion, Orion, and I, I seem to recall that we, it was a discussion about Shining Time Station, and we had reached the consensus that season three, with a few exceptions, is basically the Mr. Conductor and Steamer show. Oh, no, absolutely. I would agree. And I mean, obviously, the two, they're the two main, real main characters right. um, of the show. Um, but, but absolutely, definitely, um, the show became the Mr. Conductor and, and Schemer show, but, but I mean, I like those two. Oh, yes. know, it, it's not, a, it's not annoying. And no, way. not at all. Mind. I mean, I would love more Stacy episodes, but yeah, but we get what we get. It's, I mean, and we do have a decent number of Stacy episodes more in season two than, than three, but we do have uh, Stacy cleans up and Stacy forgets her name. So. Right, and I mean, and and she has great parts in a lot of the episodes that aren't, you know, in which she isn't the main character. Right, I think we've mentioned before that Stacy is really the heart of Shining Time Station. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, she's even red <laughs> most most of the time. Yes, uh, well, <laughs> well, even in this episode, she is. It's just she's got more. She's got other colors on uh, this episode instead of just red because normally it's just red and white uh, but she adds quite a bit of blue for this patriotic holiday which is nice to see as as you were saying earlier the changes in costume for this episode in particular were great mm-hmm. yeah so we're wrapping up the escape portion of the episode and so really the Thomas part of the episode is already over with and we're we're just over halfway through the episode, so I suppose that uh, for once it was a decent placement because in previous episodes we've talked about uh, 
how th- there are some episodes where there's only one Thomas story and it seems like they either put it at the very beginning just to get it out of the way or they put it at a random moment where it, you know, just because they had to put it in somewhere. But I think the midway point of the episode is a good place to put it. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I do agree. So, Again, another pair of nice matching outfits for Schemer and Schemey. Yep. So, and now it's interesting because in the Valentine's Day episode, which we, of course, did a commentary on this past February, that was the only time that Schemer mentions Mr. Conductor by name. But much like his young nephew, this is the only episode where he sees Mr. Conductor, albeit not directly. I, I forget, you know, through the goggles. So. Right. Which I always found interesting uh, in that Mr. Conductor reveals himself to most people uh, that most people that are the mainstays of the station, Billy, Stacy, Harry, uh, the kids, of course. Uh, but much like he does with J.B. King, Mr. Conductor seems to play a game of cat and mouse with Steamer throughout the series. So. <laughs> a fun watch right there. Yes, I was laughing at the, uh, you can run, you can hide, you can get on a horse, you can, or, and you can ride, you can maybe get into a plane and glide. (laughs) The nice little riff there. Oh, yes. (laughs) Ooh, setting off a, setting off an absolutely safe firework in a station building. That's. uh... Yes, with some top notch visual effects here. (laughs) Yes, those excellent early 90s special effects. Uh, No, but I was saying um, health and safety must have had a lot of fun uh, with... They they must have a lot of fun in general with Shining Time Station because we have miniature conductors leaving gold dust and now setting off a firework in a station building. (laughs) So, yeah, I like uh, Dee Dee's bow uh, and Grace's as well, but right, they have nice little patriotic outfits there. Yeah, and in fact, the only ones who don't appear to have changed their outfit are Tets and Rex, and really. It's interesting because we were remarking earlier on how Stacy always wears red and will still do tats and reds. But, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it's just very well hidden. They do have little American flag pins on them. It's just very hard to see. Yes. I mean, and one of the advantages, too, of, you know, of the Jukebox Puppet Band and, and their characters and then... <laughs> I like <laughs> this Yankee Doodle Dance yeah. with Tito. It's really fun. It is, yes. Um, but, but you were saying one of the advantages of them? One of the advantages of the Jukebox Puppet Band and being able to you know, sing classic American music is that 
99% of it is in the, is in the public domain. Right. Um, so, you know, no licensing issues, nothing like that. So it's just great. It is. It makes it, uh, uh, made it a lot easier for them, I'm sure. And just really nice. Now, interesting thing. I do like this patriotic medley quite a bit here, but, uh, you know, now we, we, we go on quite a bit about how shining time station is a very American show, but it was actually exported to certain other countries and I, I don't recall which countries offhand, but I know that it was exported to other countries. And in the international broadcast of this episode, there are a few countries. Again, I don't know the exact countries, but some countries didn't get this patriotic medley. Instead, they got uh, the song John Henry, which appears in a season two episode called Crackpot. Hmm. Interesting. Is this one of the few times that we see Texan Rex without their hats? Uh, I believe it is. There's only one other instance I can think of offhand. Maybe there's more than that, but this is one of the only. I know of only one other. Hmm. And that would be the one-hour special second chances. Right. But, but yes... Uh, in fact, it's one of the few times that we see the entire Jukebox Puppet Band in uh, variations of their outfit. I mean, of course, we would see that again in uh, How the Station Got Its Name, which for all intents and purposes is the finale, if you don't count the one-hour specials. But yes. So apparently, if you throw gold dust on parts of you, those parts become invisible. <laughs> I mean, that gold dust certainly has amazing powers. <laughs> that wacky gold dust <laughs> with its strange, illogical rules. Well, no, it, it's funny because if you, if you sprinkle it on a picture, it brings the picture to life. And apparently, if you sprinkle it on yourself, you become invisible. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, yeah, you know. Yes. Uh, but this is a fun, I mean, this is actually a kind of a fun little effect oh, it um, of, of him being invisible. It is. You know, and, you know, for, you know, because we were joking with the firework earlier about those great 90s effects, that actually is not a bad effect either for the 90s. No, no, not, not too bad anyway, but. It's better than I the still, rocket. I still just am scratching my head what Escape had to do with this episode whatsoever. Uh, I think we were talking over the intro to it, so I can't remember what the very loose justification for its inclusion was. But. Uh, the, in fact, the, um, the, the, because, you know, Shining Time Station was on PBS, and one of the big things about PBS is that the program, because it's a public broadcasting service, uh, the episodes should be educational to a degree, uh, or at least back in the 90s, they were supposed to be. So each episode has a theme to it or a, a moral, shall we say. And the moral of this episode is freedom. Freedom is precious as you never realize it's there until it's gone. And so it's about freedom. The freedom Thanks, G.I. Joe. The freedoms that we have in America and Oliver was in strap, but then Douglas freed him from strap. So now Oliver has freedom. <laughs> it's not, like I said, 
it's not a great connector, but there was no great connector. Yeah, I mean, it's not Braveheart, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) No. I do like the outfits the kids are wearing as well. Like I said, it's it's very nice that everybody, aside from Mayor Flopdinger, I don't know what's going on with him, but it's nice that everyone else has gotten dressed up for the holiday. Even Mr. Conductor here. Oh, yes. Now this, I don't know why, but I remember this particular scene, the scene in which they watched the fireworks. I remember that more than anything else in the episode, and I have no idea why. But the I until I watched this episode earlier to prepare for this commentary, I had almost no memory of anything that happened in it other than at the very end they watched the fireworks, which, you know, maybe that wasn't a memory because, you know, it's a 4th of July episode, so of course it's going to end with fireworks, so... Yeah. Right, and and uh, what's the uh, the credits there just showed uh, a credit for the song John Henry, as you mentioned. Yes. Even though it wasn't in uh, the version that we watched. Which is interesting because they were, in fact, doing the patriotic medley. So, yes. Um, that's an interesting one. So, Mr. Conductor's 4th of July, it's um, slightly illogical, but, uh, you know, on the whole, it's a fun little episode. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the season three episodes are just kind of fun, either slices of life or just romps. And I, I, I think it's cute, you know, for, for a 90s children's television program celebrating the 4th of July, it's fun. No, absolutely. I, I do agree. Um, it's a nice, nice little episode. Nice episode to celebrate our 4th of July here in America, Independence Day. And uh, right. we hope that you enjoyed our commentary on this episode. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook um, for any future Shining Time Station commentary episode suggestions, um, any feedback on our podcast um, and uh, keep those likes and follows coming in. Keep listening to our show. Uh, we really appreciate it. And you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, many other podcast platforms. Uh, it seems our most of our listeners uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, that our, makes Our sense. main home is Anchor, um, but we do, most of our listeners come from Apple Podcasts. So. Oh, that's cool. Um Yes, I, I do want to say, because yeah, aside from the podcast as well, we also have other fun content on Twitter. So uh, occasionally it's on Facebook as well, but uh, more often than not, you'll find some of our other fun content on Twitter. So that's a lot of... I, 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 I enjoy the posts that go up on Twitter, and it's always nice to see interaction with our listeners. So, but yes, happy 4th of July, everyone. <laughs>